Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware, and I am your host. And today we're going to explore some history of Niles, Michigan, the city of four flags located in Berrien County. So come along and join me. So Niles is a city in Berrien County and also has a portion of the municipality that overlaps into Cass County. It's uh, very close to South Bend, Indiana, so it's near the Michigan and Indiana state line in that area of Michigan. And the population, according to the 2010 census, was about 11,600 people living there. Now, Niles lies on the banks of the St. Joseph River, and it is on the site of a French fort called St. Joseph, which was built in uh, 1697. And it was built to protect the Jesuit mission that had been established in 1691. So the area of Niles goes way back to some of the early French settlement in the early days of Michigan, way before statehood. Now, after 1761, the fort was held by the British and was captured on May 25th, 1763 by Native Americans during Pontiac's Rebellion. The British eventually retook the fort, but it was not regarrisoned, and it served more as a trading post. And during the American Revolutionary War, the fort was held for a short time by a Spanish force. So essentially, the fort that was in Niles was occupied by four separate nations over a span of time. It was occupied by France, Britain, Spain, and ultimately the United States, which earned Niles the nickname the City of Four Flags. So that's where that comes from. Now, the town of Niles was named after Hezekiah Niles. He was the editor of the Niles Register, a Baltimore newspaper. The town of Niles, as it exists today, was settled in 1827. Between 1820 and 1865, Niles was an integral part of the Underground Railroad as well. And fugitive slaves escaping from as far south as New Orleans uh, through the heartland eventually Eventually, they made their way into Canada, but Niles was one of those towns going on into Cass County and on the central line of the Underground Railroad. They went from the Cass County area over to uh, the Kalamazoo County area through Schoolcraft and on up into Climax, then into Battle Creek and across uh, into Marshall, Jackson, and so forth, all the way down into Canada. So that was one of the, the southerly routes into Michigan was through Niles. And so there were some station masters that occupied Niles as they were part of the Underground Railroad. Now, some of the interesting uh, geography and geology about the area of Niles is it's situated on the St. Joseph River, which is surrounded by old glacial deposits of large boulders and smooth stones, which mingle with some heavy sedimentary deposits, uh, producing rolling hills and steep riverbanks. The soil's rich and fertile, which is why it was popular with early farmers settling in that area. And Niles was a, a key city in Michigan as it was the first point of entry on the railroad line from Chicago when they crossed into Michigan. And there were two rail lines that currently serve in Niles, the Amtrak's Blue Water and Wolverine services. The Blue Water line runs between Chicago and Port Huron, 
by way of East Lansing and Flint. And the Wolverine line runs between Chicago and Pontiac by way of Jackson, Ann Arbor, and Detroit. And there's also a freight service provided by Norfolk Southern Railway. So the area was once serviced by a lot of other railroad lines. And back in the 1870s, there was the St. Joseph Valley Railroad, which opened as the Michigan Central's South Bend branch. And also there was the Michigan Airline Railroad, that which leased to Michigan Central. And that opened up a line heading east from Niles in 1871. And it was also known as the Airline Branch. So there's a lot of early railroad history in Michigan that comes through Niles. And the actual final line that used to run through Niles was the Southeast Northwest Benton Harbor Branch of the Cleveland, Cincinnati, Chicago, and St. Louis Railroad, which was known as also as the Big Four. It was originally opened by the Elkhart, Niles, and Lake Michigan Railroad in 1881. So all of these lines were part of the New York Central Railroad system. And the airline branch of Niles was eventually abandoned in 1737, and the Benton Harbor branch, Big Four, was removed north of Niles in about 1980. And today, the Amtrak station is located along the main line east of the former Benton Harbor branch crossing and west of the former junctions of the South Bend and Airline branches. And Amtrak uses the old Michigan Central Station, which the current structure that's there was built in 1892. So I want to get into a little bit of that because that's on the National Register of Historic Places. It's one of the most beautiful railroad stations that you'll find in Michigan. So it's located just off of North 5th Street and it's called the Niles Rail Depot. And it's still open today during normal business hours as a working depot. And the sandstone building, as I mentioned before, was completed in 1881. It's a neo-romanesque style building and it became a real showplace. The design was intended to impress visitors from the east with this last passenger stop before the Columbian Exposition into Chicago. And right around the station was formal gardens that were established in 1893 with a floating garden, a fish pond, a gazebo, and a greenhouse which supplied flowers for dining cars as well as for thousands of passengers who traveled through Niles. Thus, the affectionate title of the Garden City was given to the city of Niles based on the passengers that traveled through the area. And the depot has also appeared in a lot of movies, including Continental Divide with John Belushi, Midnight Run with Robert De Niro, and Only the Lonely with Maureen O'Hara and John Candy. And the Nile Station is really a great place to, um, if you live in Michigan and you want to pay a visit to Chicago, but you really don't want to park your car there in Chicago or deal with all the parking, the Niles Railroad uh, Station there, uh, the Niles Train Station, is a great stop to drive to, park your car for the day, and take the Amtrak into Chicago. And it's literally less than like a 20-minute or 30-minute ride on the Amtrak, I believe, the last time I checked it 
it out. And then you're in Chicago. You can do your shopping, Christmas shopping, whatever you used to do that you want to go down to Chicago for, go see a show. And then you're back in Niles in your car very, very swiftly. So it's a nice location. And you can see how a lot of the history of this particular Niles Rail Depot was very popular with passengers, even way back in the 1800s. Some of the other historic sites that you'll see around Niles is at the corner of Bond and Fort Street in Niles. There's a huge boulder that marks the site of the old Fort St. Joseph. The seven-ton boulder was moved into that place in 1912 from a nearby farm largely financed by Nichols from schoolchildren. A historical marker there recounts the history of the fort from 1691 to 1781. So Fort St. Joseph was an important part of the early fur trade and the settlement of the surrounding areas. And it is probably one of the oldest sites in western Michigan. And of course, the fort today is gone. There's no remnants of it. But this uh, big boulder has an engraving on it about Fort St. Joseph. And it has the dates etched into it of 1691 to 1781. And so it's a part of the history of of the area in Niles and you certainly want to check it out if you're going to be seeking out some of the historic sites in the area. Now interestingly enough across from Bond and just north of the fort is the gravesite of Father Claude Alouez who was the first black robe to arrive in Niles and to teach and convert the natives. He baptized over 10,000 people before his death in 1689. The gravesite was part of the St. Joseph Mission, which was the first mission in Lower Michigan, Indiana, and Lower Wisconsin. So the gravesite is marked by a large stone cross with his name, Alouez, on it. And that is another historic site. So if you're visiting the boulder, you'll want to uh, go just a little bit north of where the fort was located and locate that historic site as well and pay a visit to his grave. Now, at the corner of 4th and Main Street in Niles, there was a hotel that was built in 1925. And at the time, it was built at a cost of $350,000. That was considered the most modern hotel in southwestern Michigan during its time. And it was reputed to have hosted Al Capone, Eleanor Roosevelt, Newt Rockne, and Truman Capote. It was the first business to adopt the name Four Flags, and it served as a cultural center of Niles for most of the 20th century. The hotel is open daily, and tours can be arranged with advanced requests. So it's a beautiful building that is still part of the historic structures there in Niles, Michigan. So definitely put it on your list to pay a visit to the Four Flags Hotel. Some of the other historic sites in town is the home of Henry and Ruby Chapin, which was constructed in 1882. And it's a magnificent magnificent building. It kind of resembles a Queen Anne style structure. And the building was donated to the city of Niles in 1933. And it served for a while as the city hall. And now it's administered by the Niles History Center. And you can take a guided tour of the home between May to December. And there's special programs and events that take place at the mansion throughout the year. So definitely, if you live in the area and want to pay a visit to a really interesting historic building, you'll want to check out the Henry and Ruby 
Chapin home. Also located in the former carriage house of the beautiful Victorian Chapin mansion is a museum that tells the story of Niles from the prehistoric era to the present and it's called the Fort St. Joseph Museum. So add that to your list and certainly when you visit these museums you'll want to make sure that you allow yourself enough time to really take it in and be sure to check out the Fort St. Joseph Museum uh, times and schedules for when they're open before you travel over there to visit it. Another historic building that you can visit is called the Ferry Street School. Now, what was significant about this school? It's located, first of all, on the corner of 7th Street and Ferry Street in Niles. But what's interesting about this school is it was integrated in 1873. That area of the state because of the presence of the Underground Railroad and the history of communities of freed black slaves prior to the Emancipation Proclamation when they settled in Michigan, there was a large settlement in the Cass County and also in Berrien County of freedmen that had come to Michigan seeking freedom, and they established large communities um, right around the state line there. And Niles was one of the towns, as well as Cassopolis around Incas County and other places around the area. So the Ferry Street School is built of red schoolhouse brick, and it was built in 1868. The facility itself currently houses the Ferry Street School Resource Center. It has historic classrooms, which feature authentic early American maps and teaching tools and serves as an extraordinary historical learning experience for both children and adults. So you'll want to definitely check out the schedule of that and see if there's any programs if you're intending to visit some of the historic sites around Niles, because that would be a very interesting one to visit, particularly for the artifacts and the experience of the old brick schoolhouse dated from 1868. And... As can be expected, the Silverbrook Cemetery has a lot of history, as a lot of cemeteries do in many of these older towns. And this was named for the brook that runs through it. Silverbrook Cemetery is older than the state of Michigan, having been founded in 1836. It had lots sold to the public starting in 1838. Famous families buried in the cemetery include the parents and sister of Montgomery Ward of the catalog fame, the family of Niles native journalist and sports writer Ring Lardner, and the parents of John and Horace Dodge. There's a lot of Civil War figures buried there as well, including Colonel Francis Quinn of the Michigan 12th and General Henry A. Morrow of the 24th Michigan Infantry. So if you like to wander old cemeteries like I do, Silver Brook is one that you'll definitely want to pay a visit to. It's got a lot of fascinating history and uh, you'll probably find a lot of interesting uh, headstones and markers and uh, it's always fun to try to walk through an old cemetery and see some of the earliest uh, death dates but also the earliest birth dates if they're marked on the headstone to see how uh, much history is really there. Now prior to the railroad lines Niles was a stagecoach stop on the old Sauk Trail which ran between Chicago and Detroit and so it was one of the stagecoach lines when you're headed towards Chicago as well and so there was a lot of history in that area and of course that dates back to 1828. 
And around the St. Joseph River Valley, it had become a center for productive farms, producing all kinds of uh, produce, and that became a big supplier for the city of Chicago, as well as communities around Michigan. And other forms of early manufacturing occurred in Niles in the terms of the paper products, as well as industrial and assembly line equipment, as well as wire and even commercial refrigerators. And as mentioned, before Horace E. and John F. Dodge, they were automobile manufacturers and they were both Niles natives. And the Sauk Trail, uh, as mentioned before, also became not only a stagecoach line, but it was a military road uh, between Chicago and Detroit. And the St. Joseph and Dowagiac Rivers, which today offer a lot of canoeing and, uh, and kayak paddlers and fishermen alike, they love the, those rivers in the area, but they were also a source for water power, which had a stimulus role in early development of the community in terms of a milling community. So if you want to look into a lot of the history, you're going to want to visit these museums and some of the sites that I mentioned, including the Chapin Mansion and the Old City Hall. But also just taking time to walk through the Niles Historic District around North 4th Street in the area between Sycamore and Wayne Street. It's a great place to stroll and admire the old Victorian and Queen Anne and Romanesque style homes that are still maintained and used as private residences today in the city. And it's, uh, it's one particular town that's kind of preserved a lot of their history and particularly with the museums and some of the old historic structures that are still there so and because of the location of where it was on the Sauk Trail the early railroad lines and of course the train station you're definitely going to have quite a day if you want to explore some of the history of Niles Michigan so that's going to conclude today's podcast episode exploring some of the history of Niles Michigan the city of four flags I hope you enjoyed today's little adventure as, as we went through some of the historic sites in the area of Niles Michigan. And just as a reminder, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please take some time to write a nice review for me on whatever app that you are listening on. That always helps me to uh, have my podcast rise up in rankings so that people that are looking for Michigan history can find my podcast and it makes it available to a lot more people when you do that, which certainly helps me out. And if you'd like to support the work that I'm doing here, you can visit michaeldelaware.com. I've got a couple of links there where you can buy merchandise and also you can make a direct donation to the historical work that I'm doing with both my podcast and YouTube channel. And certainly check out my YouTube channel. It's at Michael Delaware. It's very easy to find when you search it on YouTube. And until next time when we take another journey into yesterday and explore some great tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thanks for listening and I hope that you will join me next time.